This morning we are coming to the next verses in our verse-by-verse study through the general epistle of James. You'll recall that James was Jesus' half-brother, did not believe in Jesus to be Savior until after the resurrection, and then after he did believe in Christ, the Holy Spirit moved him along to write the epistle that we call James. Some of the things that are characteristic of the epistle of James is its directness, its practical nature, its hard-hitting truth. Uh, He didn't beat around the bush. He got right to the point, the point that I need to be addressed in my life and the point that you need to have addressed in your lives. And we come this morning to a sermon with a rather unique title. The title that I've put on this sermon is What an Interstate Highway Teaches About Wisdom. What an Interstate Highway Teaches About Wisdom. Just out of interest, how many of you are familiar with I-75 in the United States? Yes, quite a few of us. How many have driven on I-75? Yeah, lots of us. I-75 is a main interstate highway in the U.S. running north-south. By the way, all the odd-numbered interstates in America are north-south, and all of the east-west interstates are even-numbered. Maybe you knew that already. But uh, I-75 is a major north-south interstate that goes roughly through the middle of America, although it's skewed a little bit to the east of middle. The highway runs through Detroit, Cincinnati, Atlanta, and Tampa. This sermon, What Does an Interstate Highway Teach About Wisdom?, is going to use that extended illustration of I-75 in trying to teach the truth that's in this passage. So I hope you can see the usefulness of this simile as we get going. First thing to say about wisdom is wisdom is not what we think it is. Wisdom is not about knowing. Wisdom is about being. Wisdom is not about as many facts as we can learn and remember and knowing facts. That's not wisdom. That's earthly human wisdom. But divine godly wisdom is not about knowing. It's about being. It's about living in a certain way. It's about responding to certain situations in life properly. And so wisdom, God's wisdom, has everything to do with being a certain person, whereas the world's wisdom has everything to do with just knowing facts and being able to regurgitate them. Wisdom, from heaven's point of view, does. Now, Let's see this. Verse 13, the doorkeeper, gateway into our passage, asks a very burning question, a question that I'll return to at the end of the sermon. But let's see what verse 13, first half of the verse says, who among you is wise and understanding? That's a burning question. We can't dodge around it. We can't avoid it. We can't procrastinate about answering it. God asked this assembly this morning and us individually, who among you is wise and understanding? Well, God says the ones amongst us that are wise don't know a bunch of stuff. We live in a certain way. Second part of verse 13. Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. God says, you think you're wise? 
You think you have understanding? Good. Show your wisdom in good behavior. Be well-behaved. Be gentle. That's how you show you're wise with God's wisdom. You know, it was the author Robert Fulgham, who years back now got very close to this truth when he wrote in his book, All I Ever Really Needed to Know I Learned in Kindergarten. Listen to this quote. Share everything, play fair, don't hit, put things back, clean up your own messes, don't take what isn't yours, say you're sorry when you hurt someone, everything you need to know is in there somewhere, the golden rule and love and sane living, end of quote. Fulgham understood that wisdom wasn't so much knowing, it was being the right kind of a person. And so there are three points to this message this morning. And the first point is this. God's wisdom is about being and not knowing. God's wisdom is about being and not knowing. I see that in verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior, his deeds in the gentleness of wisdom. Yes, God's wisdom is about being and not about knowing. Wisdom isn't about knowing facts. Wisdom is about being the right kind of person. And in verses 17 to 18, we find out what kind of a person we ought to be if we want to be wise with God's wisdom. Look at 17 and 18. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. That's wisdom. And it's about being. It's not about knowing. I could illustrate now. Let's get to this extended illustration with I-75. I could illustrate this way. If you think that wisdom is all about knowing, you see wisdom as being a helicopter flying over Atlanta doing a traffic report that can see virtually everything that's going on in I-75 north of Atlanta and south of Atlanta. If wisdom really is knowing as many facts as possible, then you need to be in a traffic helicopter over Atlanta to see as much of I-75 as you can see to say, this is why it's backed up, this is why it's going well. That's not godly wisdom. Godly wisdom is not being in the helicopter over I-75 gathering as many facts as you can. Rather, God's wisdom is being in the car on I-75 and driving safely and courteously and wisely. That's the difference. Biblical wisdom, to say it again, isn't about knowing. It's about being. It's about being humble. It's about being good. It's about being others-oriented. You see, persons can be those kind of things without knowing everything. If you correctly understand wisdom to be all about being, you will see wisdom as driving one of the cars on I-75, and your good driving will speak to your wisdom, just like the facts are all around you that you have to process constantly as a driver, respond to the the length of a, a space between you and the car ahead of you to see if who's passing you, who's not passing you, how sp the speed of other motorists are around you, taking all that data while you are driving. 
as we go down the life in a state of 75 in this illustration, we will show God's wisdom by driving the car of our life well, by being a good driver. Good driving doesn't fret itself over how the interstate was designed by the road engineers years and years ago. It doesn't worry about why there's a ramp here and why it isn't there and all that stuff. It doesn't really care about knowing everything. It just cares about being a good, safe driver. That's encouraging to me. That's very encouraging to me because that means I don't have to know everything. And you don't have to know everything. We don't have to know why someone's teenager runs away from home. We don't have to know why we lost our job in August. We don't have to know why our spouse is now gravely ill. We don't have to know why our loved one was a victim of a crime. We don't have to be up in the helicopter so-called seeing all the facts about those instances and therefore be able to pronounce why these things happen. That's God's job. That's God's job. Our job is to live with God's wisdom as it's reflected in being the kind of Christian we are to be. To be wise in God's estimation, and that's the only estimation that counts, we need to respond to whatever comes down our pike on the turnpike of I-75, the good, the bad, and the ugly. We need to respond to those circumstances with humble deeds, with good lives, with gentleness, with reasonability, with peacemaking, and with mercy, and with sincerity. That's what verses 13 and 17 and 18 are teaching us. I invite you to see them again. 13, who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds in gentleness of wisdom. 17, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering, without hypocrisy. And, 18, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. And so to be wise in the estimation of heaven is not to have all the answers on the tough questions of life, but instead it's to live in a certain way. It's to live in a certain way in the face of the questions of life. It's to live in a certain way of being humble, of being good, of being gentle and reasonable, of being a peacemaker, of being merciful and being sincere. You live that way, and God says, you're wise. You're being wise. Going back to this illustration of I-75, Verses 14 to 16 <laughs> describe what careless, reckless, bad driving looks like on an interstate. Verses 14 to 16. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This, wis this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. 
For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Verses 14 to 16 that I have just read give us a second point in our outline this morning, and it is this. The world's wisdom is inferior to God's, and it produces unspiritual evilness. The world's wisdom is inferior, and it produces unspiritual evilness. That's verses 14 to 16. Now, what does the world's wisdom's product look like? What could we be more specific about that? Yes, we can. It says in the verses I have read that the world's inferior wisdom that produces an unspiritual state and evil involves bitter envy, selfish ambition, disorder, and every sort of evil practice. And did you hear when I read that the world's inferior wisdom is not merely just inferior to God's wisdoms, it's something far more sinister. The world's inferior wisdom is actually unspiritual and of the devil. Wow. Verse 15, this earthly wisdom, not from above, this wisdom is not that which comes down from above, but is, watch it, earthly. Okay, that seems natural. Natural, that seems natural. Demonic. Oh. God is actually saying that if somebody reduces the concept of wisdom down to just the facts, to just knowing things without care for a lifestyle, without concern for a way you are as a person, God says that can be demonic. That's how we got to aborting babies that are close to being born. The world's inferior wisdom that says just gather enough facts is not morally neutral. It's evil. Going back to our metaphor of I-75, it is to be avoided, this inferior wisdom of the world, as much as road rage driving on I-75 is to be avoided by you if you're a law-abiding motorist. This world's inferior wisdom is not one of many possible ways to get it to a desired destination. It's actually the way you get to a less than desirable destination, namely disordered evil. You want to drive down the I-75 interstate of your life? You want to get to the destination of disordered evil? Then just See wisdom as knowing stuff. And don't let wisdom change who you are. That's how you get to disordered evil. One of the words which came out of World War II was snafu. Ever heard that? It's all snafu'd. Snafu was an acronym for this. Situation normal, all fouled up. Situation normal, all fouled up, snafu. The Chicago Tribune years ago reported that the military has, the Pentagon has set aside snafu and has a new shorter word, fub, 
F-U-B-B, FUB, fouled up beyond belief. FUB. When we see wisdom as only being the acquisition and the recollection of facts, when it doesn't affect who we are, how we live, we are fubbed, fouled up beyond belief. Ever heard some academics who don't know Christ as Savior in any discipline of learning? You shake their head, your head and say, they, they're so smart, they're stupid. When we motor down life's expressway I-75 in this illustration at 70 miles an hour, we better be careful we don't wind up in disordered evil as a motel. We don't want to wind up snafu'd. We don't want to wind up fubbed. And so let's take heed 14 through 16, the warning. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. This wisdom is not which comes down from above, but is earthly, natural, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Not where we want to be. So the first point in the passage, God's wisdom is about being and not knowing. Second point, the world's wisdom is inferior and it produces unspiritual evil. And our third and last point in the passage today is God's wisdom puts you in the harvest field of a crop of righteousness. God's wisdom puts you into a harvest field of a crop of righteousness. Verse 18. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. If I was to go down I-75, the speed limit is 70 miles per hour, and most everybody goes 75 to 80 to 85 or higher, if I was to purpose to drive down I-75 with uh, going 60 to 65 in the right lane, in the slow lane, just enjoying the scenery, just looking at billboards and, and little things near the exit ramps, and if I was able to go as comfortably slow but safe speed, I could talk to the people in my car and enjoy that without being stressed out. I could listen to music in my car and enjoy music as I was driving that would be living in the harvest field of a crop of righteousness. I would arrive at my destination, God willing, safely. I would arrive happy. I would arrive rested. I would arrive relatively unstressed. I would arrive ready to enjoy the next part of my vacation. I would arrive without a, a traffic citation or a speeding ticket. I would arrive without an accident. That would be the way to do it. And so when we use God's wisdom and live lives that exhibit God's wisdom, then we choose, according to the text, we choose to live humble, good, pure lives. 
peace-loving lives, considerate lives, submissive lives, full of mercy lives, full of good fruit lives, impartial lives, and sincere lives. And when we drive down I-75 with that kind of being, that being that kind of a driver, being that kind of a person, then we will be blessed. And there'll be more blessing than enough to be a blessing to others. Now, if you look again at verse 18, it says, And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. It's a little bit of a tightly wound statement, so let's try to unpack it a bit. Verse 18 is saying, listen, righteousness is sown, farming metaphor, righteousness is sown in peace And it's sown by sowers who use God's wisdom, how? By being a peacemaker. So God says in in, uh, verse 18, you want to be in a field that will harvest a crop of righteousness. And the way that you get into a field that will harvest righteousness is that you sow seed, which in a way, so as you are a peacemaker, Got anybody you're not at peace with right now? Another political party? Got anybody you're not at peace with? Someone in this church? Got anybody you're not at peace with? Someone on your street, your neighborhood? Got anybody you're not at peace with at school? Got anybody you're not at peace with in a store that you used to go and shop in, but you can't go and shop in anymore because you've got something against somebody at that store? Got something against your mate? Got something against your parents? God says, You want to be in a field that renders a crop of righteousness. And the way you get into a field that renders a crop of righteousness is you sow being a peacemaker. Be a peacemaker. Don't wait for the other person to be acceptable. Be a peacemaker. Go and say to that person, I make peace with you. Even if that person doesn't want peace, just go to them and say, I make peace with you. You want to be in the field of righteousness that has a crop of righteousness? Then you better sow seed that is being a maker of peace. 18, and the seed whose fruit is righteousness, is sown in peace by those who make peace. Of course, Jesus, our wonderful Savior, taught about peacemakers in his Sermon on the Mount. Jesus said about peacemakers in the Beatitudes in verse 9 of Matthew 5, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus said, if you're a peacemaker, you'll be called a son of God. In the Hebrew mind, the son of meant just like. Sometimes I'll see a family resemblance in a child to a father or a mother, and I'll say, well, the apple didn't fall far from the tree because I see a family resemblance in the child to the parents. God says, this is incredible. Jesus says, 
You're blessed if you're a peacemaker, if that's your DNA, if that's your lifestyle, if that's your pattern and habit. If you're, a, if you're a peacemaker, then you resemble God the Father. Want to resemble God? Be a peacemaker. Yeah, with the person you're thinking about right now when, and you're thinking, I couldn't make peace with them. Yeah, you could. Make peace with them. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. That is, they should be just like God. They will bear a family resemblance to God the Father. I want that. And when someone drives down I-75, the journey of life, with God's wisdom, being the right person, no one on the highway around you has to fear driving beside you. Nobody has to avoid you because you're driving like a madman. Nobody has to question whether you even have a driver's license because you're driving so crazy. When you're going down the I-75 of life with God's wisdom and being the person that God made you to be in Christ, then people notice it and they appreciate it. And so here we are, October 30th, uh, 16. So I wonder something. Where are you on the I-75 interstate of your life? Some of you are just beginning. You're near Detroit. You just came to know Christ in the last month. You came to trust Jesus to be your Savior in the last six months. You became a born-again Christian within the last year. You're just getting on I-75 near Detroit. There are others of us who have known Christ for 10, 15, 20 years. We're on I-75 of life at Cincinnati. We're not in Detroit anymore. We are down south of Cincinnati, and we, we're still driving. Others of us, like myself, and many of you, have known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, 60 years, 70 years. You are down near Tampa. Are you still driving with God's wisdom? Are you being the kind of person that Christ came to give you life to be? Or have you reduced wisdom to how many Bible verses you know how to find? Or some other facts. I'm glad you know where to find Bible verses. That's commendable, but you get my point. One last thing. In this metaphor, in this illustration of I-75 and how really the person who thinks wisdom is reduced to just how much you know, they want to be in the helicopter doing traffic reports around Atlanta. They want to see as much as they possibly can from above in the air in a helicopter. That is not God's wisdom. Because do you know who is in the helicopter? God there's only one seat in that helicopter, and God sits in that seat of that helicopter. And he's just not over I-75 over Atlanta. He's over the globe. He's over the universe. He knows everything about my driving. He knows when I make lane changes with an attitude. God knows when I make some speed of my vehicle decisions that aren't proper, God knows 
everything about my driving. And guess what? God knows everything about your driving of living. And God's barometer, measuring stick, template for what makes for a wise, born-again Christian has very little to do with what we know, but has everything to do with who we are. Because wisdom, from God's point of view, is not so much content as it is character. That's encouraging. If you're sitting here this morning saying, I don't know very much about the Bible yet. You can still have God's wisdom as you live God's way. Wisdom from God will cause you to be right and it will cause you to have godly character. And so we come back to the vital question we began this message with as we wind down. Verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Who among us this morning is wise and understanding? Would to God that the accurate answer would be all of us. All of us, Lord. We are being who you made us to be. We are living how you want us to live. That would be wonderful. These are the things which an interstate highway can teach us about wisdom. Dear Heavenly Father, how grateful we are that you nuance and differentiate worldly wisdom with your wisdom. Lord, where we have just been about the accumulation of knowledge through facts, help us to see the great priority, the precedent of being wise through who we are. We want to be, Lord, who you want us to be. We want to become who we are in justification. We want to become who you have made us to be in sanctification. And one day we will be fully who you want us to be in glorification. Help us, Lord. Be careful to give you the credit. In Jesus' name, amen.